Welcome to another episode of the JC3 Show. I am your host, Trey Collis, coming to you from the beautiful south side of Texas, where I hope everyone is enjoying their cool, cool Monday morning. And this is a special time of year. I know I've been absent. I've been doing a lot of things. You can catch me on the All Sports All Play Network. You can catch me on Rev FM 94.3 here in Kerrville. You can also catch me on uh, other podcasts as well and other streaming devices as well. Uh, that's where I've been doing lately. I've been excited. I've been extremely, extremely busy. I hope everyone enjoyed their Christmas vacation. And I hope everyone is enjoying uh, time with their family because God knows that we need time with family more than ever right now. But man, I'm coming to you, starting my podcast again uh, today because NFL playoffs have started. NBA season has started. We got a natty championship. When I mean natty, I mean it is going to be a nasty good game tonight. Man, we got Alabama and Ohio State. We're going to talk about that. We're going to recap of last week's playoff games and a whole lot more. So I hope everyone stays tuned and wants to listen. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it, shall we? Here we go. Uh, What I want to start with today is a recap of this weekend's NFL playoff matchups. And there were pretty good games. That Colts-Bills game started off was pretty good. It was a great game. Josh Allen tried to throw it away. I want to start with that game. The Colts. Did everything right in the first half. Everything right, but I mean score points. They controlled the time of possession. They outdid them two, two to one on that. They also kept the they kept Josh Allen, the Bills offense off the field. And when you do that, that is success, especially with that Colts defense, who is one of the best in the league. Saying all that, you still got to score points. Blankenship, the Colts kicker, missed a field goal to give them up at the end of the half. And then they're at the two-yard line. They decide on fourth down, they decided to go for it instead of kick a field goal, which I can understand that because against that Bills team, you have to score points because that Bills team can score points in a hurry. Josh Allen is a man among men. He has progressed every year since he's been in the league. He started at the very bottom, and now he's top three quarterback in the league, I would say, right now, behind Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, or not Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. So with Stephon Diggs in that lineup, man, this Bills team is rocking and rolling. They're ready to go. I, I consider them the one of the favorites coming out of the AFC. I think they're going to give the Chiefs uh, a hard time, but I still think the Chiefs are the AFC champions coming out of all of this. But, man, that Colts team had did everything right, but Aaron, uh, Phillip Rivers – basically threw the game away with his arm uh, the other day. Man, this guy had a chance. First off, the Bills running, uh, throwing the football, four minutes left, not conservating time, basically just playing not conservative football whatsoever, which I like, by the way. I love not playing conservative. But, man, Josh Allen trying to do way too much, just like he tried to do last year. The moment almost got too big for him again. He ran, he got out of his sack, went backwards. The guy got, uh, the Colts defender got him again, stripped him. The ball landed on the Colts player, took a weird bounce, and then the Bills recovered and made a fourth and 33. So Phillip Rivers got the ball back with a little over two minutes left to go in the game. And he's driving, he got to the 50 yard, and all of a sudden he stops doing whatever he was doing in the first place. Man, he was airmailing these balls, underthrowing balls, not even giving receivers a chance to catch these balls. And then it came down to the final play where a Hail Mary, and we all know what happened at the end of that. So the Bills go on and win this game. It was a fun game, entertaining game. Best game of the weekend, I, would, I do believe. But, man, 
the Buffalo Bills, their defense better shore up because they got Lamar Jackson and company coming to town. And boy, by golly, I just don't see it. I just don't see Lamar Jackson, even though he had a good game. Uh, rushing the ball couple uh, last Sunday night. This Bills team is going to... They're going to not do what the uh, Titans did. They're going to make Lamar Jackson a thrower. And if you watch Lamar Jackson throw the football, he's wildly inaccurate. Yes, he can throw a pretty pass here and there, but he can't beat you consistently throughout the rest of the game through that. So by saying all that, man, I just... that Lamar Jack, If you make Lamar Jackson a thrower... And you stack and stack the box, eight players in the box, play one on one on the outside. There's, yeah, Hollywood Brown's fast, but he's not a, a great wide receiver. He's a good wide receiver. He has all speed in the world, but he is not going to consistently beat y'all throughout the field through the entire game. But Lamar Jackson did his thing against Tennessee, and I don't know what Mike Vrabel and everybody uh, them were doing on fourth. It was fourth and two on the Baltimore 40-yard line, and they punt. They exact punt. They play conservative, which I don't understand why. Three minutes, four minutes left to go in the game, something like that, and they punt. This is the same head coach, the same one, mind you, that said he would chop off his own penis for a Super Bowl ring, but yet he won't go for it on fourth and two on the Ravens' 40-yard line. Man, Mike Rabel better be shooting himself in the foot because, man, there's no coming back from that. You had the Baltimore Ravens right where you want. Tannehill was moving the ball down. Yes, the Baltimore Ravens contained Mark Henry in that aspect in the majority of the game. He had 18 carries for 40 yards or something like that. Contained him all game long. But Mike Tannehill was doing his thing, marching with A.J. Brown and company and marching down that field. But you didn't give the guy a chance to win the game. And we all know what that Tennessee Titans defense that Tennessee Titans defense is horrendous by every stretch of the imagination. They stink. They give up way too many points. They're not consistently, they don't turn the ball over. And we saw that against the Baltimore Ring. Yeah, they got one interception in the first quarter. And after that, they did absolutely nothing to contain Lamar Jackson the rest of the game. They act like they've never seen a read option offense before in their entire life. Lamar Jackson. Read option, read option, read option. Guy, linebacker, defensive end, always goes straight to the running back. Why, 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 why? Contain Lamar Jackson. Your eyes should be on Lamar Jackson alone. And let the other guys contain Dobbins and a company for the Baltimore Ravens run tag. But I'm consistently telling y'all over and over and over and over again, Lamar Jackson cannot beat you with his arm. Yes, he looks pretty sometimes sewing that D-ball, and sometimes he makes a perfect pass. Heck, the sun shines in a dog's butthole every now every every now and then. So, yes, Lamar Jackson's going to do it. And I like Lamar Jackson as a guy, as a person, as everything. But he has consistently shown that he cannot beat you throwing the football. And that's what the Tennessee Titans did last year, and they did not do it this year. So, Mike Vrabel, this one is on you. This one is totally on your coaching staff. You, weren't, you had your guys prepared. You stopped doing what was working in the first quarter. If you want to chop off your own gentalia, if you don't want to go for him fourth and two in the opponent's 40-yard line, then that's on you, my brother, because your team is a lot better than the Baltimore Ravens, your team is stronger than the Baltimore Ravens, and your team has more talent than the Baltimore Ravens. But I will say this, that Baltimore Ravens defense is for real. That Baltimore defense, they, they're one of the best defenses in the league when they're all healthy, and you're starting to see that right now. They have a rookie of the year candidate on the defensive end. They got... 
playmakers on the corner. You got linebackers who can hit you. Man, this Baltimore Ravens defense is good, but that offense is one-dimensional, and that's running the football. All you got to do is stack the box in eight and have Lamar Jack. All you got to do is contain Mark Andrews, the tight end. That's his go-to receiver. That's all you got to do. He ain't going to beat you being down the field, uh, throwing the ball down the field every time he has the ball. So look for the Buffalo Bills to do that in the next, and I'll get to this game a little bit later, but congratulations to the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be a great game next weekend. Now, going to the Rams and Seahawks game, I everyone's shocked at the Seahawks lost. Why are you why? Why, 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 why? Why are you shocked? I have no idea why you're shocked whatsoever. This Rams defense is number one in the league. This Rams defense has a playmaker at corner named Jalen Ramsey who can shut down or contain any star of our receiver in the National Football League. We saw what he did to, yeah, a uh, DK Metcalf. He was throwing temper tantrums because they weren't getting him the ball because Jalen Ramsey was shutting him down. Yes, DK got a touchdown pass because Jalen Ramsey wasn't guarding him. and It was a fluke play. And Russell Wilson made a spectacular play uh, to give him a touchdown. But, man, this this Ravens defense, Aaron Donald and company, they have playmakers, Floyd on the defensive end or defensive line. You have Aaron Donald. You have... Ramsey, you have playmakers on linebacker. This team is fast. They fly to the ball. This is a great defense. They turn you over. They do everything exceptionally well. Now, the only problem I see, and that's and that's why I think the Ravens have a uh, sorry, the Rams have a great chance of upsetting the Packers. But I'm gonna get into that too. These are little teases, little teases. So stay with me through the show because I'm gonna give you my predictions later on too. But the Seattle Seahawks do not have a run offense. They rely on Russell Wilson way too much. When Russell Wilson's your leading rusher throughout the red, for the whole season, then you know you have a problem. They cannot. Penny and Carson, the running backs for the Seattle Seahawks, cannot stay healthy. They they shown that all year. They didn't do it. They rely on Russell Wilson way too much to make plays. Tyler Lockett is a beast, but he's in and out, in and out all the time. And DK Metcalf, if you don't get him involved early, we all see what kind of tipper tantrums he throws on the sideline. So. And then that defense is not the Legion of Boom anymore. It's not the elite defense that we've seen back when they went to back-to-back Super Bowls against the Denver Broncos and the New England Patriots back in the day. But Jamal Adams is a stud. They need to build their defense. They have no pass rush. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the throw. And we saw that all year long. When Jared Goff can beat you with a broken thumb on his non-throwing hand, then you know your defense wasn't as stellar. We saw all year long the Seattle Seahawks play close game, close game, close game. They should have lost a lot of games and they should have won. But Russell Wilson, being the man that he is, saved them a lot of those times and basically gave them a lot of wins that they shouldn't have got. So why was everyone shocked that the Rams won? I have no idea because the Rams were truly a better team. They always play the Seattle Seahawks better. And everyone's like, oh, but they're playing in Seattle. Sorry, there's no fans this year. There's no X factor this year in these a lot of these stadiums, especially in Seattle where they rely on that 12th man to get the, the defense flowing and the offense going at full speed as well. But kudos to the Rams. Y'all did y'all's thing. Proud of y'all. But, man, it's going to be a great weekend of football next weekend with the Rams and Packers, and I'll get to that in a little bit later. And then we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Washington football team. Let's just be honest. Washington football team got in there because the Philadelphia Eagles decided to tank in the fourth quarter of a three-point football game. And mainly, that's why Doug Peterson lost his job today because of that reason right there. They're in the game. They played Jalen Hurts three quarters. Even in the third quarter, they're down three points at the four, two-yard line. Fourth down, they go for a touchdown instead of a tie of the game. 
Why? Because you're tanking. They want a better draft pick. They, you tell these players over and over and over again, give me your heart, give me everything. And then you go and pull some crap and pull Jalen Hurts out of the game in the fourth quarter of a three-point game. Not a 10-point game, not a 12-point, not a 20-point game, a three-point game. And yes, we all know that Jalen Hurts was not throwing the ball that well. He wasn't playing that great of a game, but he gave that team a better chance to win. And whenever they saw they saw that uh, the Eagles saw that Alex Smith was not the man that everyone thinks, and he was still hurt, and they actually had a chance to win that game and drop from a nine-position draft pick to a six-position position draft pick. We saw the brass come into play and say, Doug Peterson, you need to bench Jalen Hurts right now because we need a better draft pick. Now, I'm sorry. that I don't care. I don't care if you're tanking. I really don't care if you're tanking whatsoever. I If you're going to do that, then don't play any of the stars. I'm per- perfectly fine with that. Perfectly, but why are you doing that in the middle of a four, in the beginning of the fourth quarter when you have a chance to win? You tell these players over and over and over again to give me your all, and your coaching staff don't do it. I have a problem with that. But anyway, let's get back to this game. It was no the only problem I had was if Chase Young and company in that defense had their way with the Tom Brady. Yeah, they got their hits on Tom Brady, but Tom Brady and those weapons. Uh, we're starting to see um, Gronkowski come back. We're starting to see him look like the New England Patriot form that he was in New England. We're starting to see um, Goodwin, Godwin come into play. The running attack, if they get that running game going, this Buccaneers team could easily pull off an upset in New Orleans next Sunday night as well. So that's something to watch out for too. So overall, a 7-9 team should not beat a, a great team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And yes, I did say great team, even though they didn't look that great. But they're starting to get all the pieces and they're starting to mesh a little. Their offense is starting to click. So watch out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. But Tom Brady did his thing at 43. He aired it out, had a great game. No interception. This guy's a stud. I'm just telling you, don't be shocked if he goes on the road and wins the Super Bowl this year. Um, So that's all I got for that game. And then on the Sunday games, I already talked about the Tennessee Titans, man. The Tennessee Titans, I don't know what you're doing, man. The Tennessee Titans, Mike Vrabel, Nothing to say to you. All you got to do is contain Lamar Jackson. Yes, Lamar Jackson had a great game, 16 carries for 188 yards. Yes, he did his thing on the running attack. But he should never came down to that because you should have stacked the box in eight. I know it's easier said than done, but you got to trust that Lamar Jackson cannot beat you in the pocket. You have to contain him and look for the Buffalo Bills to do that this week. Now, the Saints and the Bears. If you're a Bears fan, you got to be kicking yourself in the foot today, don't you? You have no off, man. You lost your second stud wide receiver. You don't have any cornerbacks. Your other wide receiver gets thrown out of the game. And so you're basically down to Robinson and the and uh, Montgomery, your two-star. And then you have Mitch Trubisky, who the coaching staff basically handcuffed the rest of the, the whole game, gave him one chance to throw the ball deep, threw it perfectly in the guy's bread, men's bread, bread basket, and then Mims drops the ball and never went deep again until it was too late to say you're sorry. The Bears defense, I know it's not as late as it has been in the past, but, man, that Bears defense showed out. They contained Drew Brees in that high-flying offense everyone says, but I don't I don't think it is a high-flying offense. But the Bears did their thing. They got a turnover. They couldn't do anything with it. They scored three. That's the only points that the Bears basically scored the rest of the game. Yes, I know Jimmy Graham made a hell of a catch one-handed at the end of the game with time, with time running expiring. But – this Bears offense needs help. If you're the Chicago Bears, you need to call Houston and ask for anything for uh, Deshaun Watson because that guy would instantly make your offense 10 times better than what it is. So saying all that, I just think that the Bears 
defense has a little bit more work to do, but they're still pretty good. And that Bears offense is a long way. They need a quarterback in the future. And this is Chicago Bears. They never really had a great franchise quarterback. Uh, if you count Cutler, but Cutler was a whiny baby and a crank, cut himself out of the game when he easily could have played in the a- NFC Championship game. But, man, the, the Bears, they're one quarterback, one piece away, a slot receiver away from taking this run and making a Super Bowl appearance in the next couple of years. But it's all up to the ownership and everything else. But let's get to the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints, everyone's saying, Drew Brees is not the Drew Brees of the past. He has those broken ribs and the fractured rib, whatever. He's hurt. He looks every bit of 42 years old. He can't throw the ball down deep. That's why you have Taysom Hill come in and do gadget plays over and over and over again. That's why you don't see him opening anyone over the top. It's always dink, dunk, dink, dunk. If you can contain Alvin Kamara, and let's face it, Michael Thomas is coming off an injury a bad, uh, injury reserve list with a bad ankle sprain, then we all know what's going on. We all know that he can beat you over the top, and he didn't have that style of a game. Can he have a game like that against the Buccaneers? I'll look for the Buccaneers to take control of that game, as, uh, that game plan as time goes on. But we'll get into the previews here in a little bit. I, mean, I can't wait to get into myself, man. I love NFL playoff matchups next week. I love them. And I got a couple sleepers for you, so don't miss out. And then we got the Sunday night game. The Steelers and the Browns. And the Steelers need help. They were the worst. Yes, we all know they win 11-0. But, God, God, they were the worst 11-0 team ever in NFL history. This team should have been 1-10 at best. But yet, they did win games, so you got to give it up to them. Mike Tomlin. But Ben Roethlisberger, he's not a Drew Brees. He's not a Tom Brady. He does not take care of his body like those other players do. He looks. He's always coming into camp out of shape. He looks, always looks fatter every year I see him come in the, uh, the first week of the uh, season. So if you're a Steeler, I know Ben wants to keep playing, but if you're a Steeler, it's like it's time to cut bait with Ben because you can't beat you over the top. He's not an accurate thrower anymore. And we saw that yesterday. He had four INTs. I know two of them weren't his fault, but yet he still didn't make the plays. And those wide receivers, don't get me started on those wide receivers. Oh, my goodness. Those wide receivers are horrendous. Yes, Juju can do his thing. He plays hard. He did play the final whistle and everything. He TikToks all over the opponent's 50-yard line, which I have no problem with, by the way, as long as you can back it up. But he hasn't backed it up the last couple of weeks. But, man, when you have that great of a talent at wide receiver core, you should not lead the league in drop passes. And that's basically what the Pittsburgh Steelers did this year. And kudos to the Cleveland Browns. Haven't won a playoff game since 1994. Haven't made the playoffs since 2003. Win-win. They got it out of their way. This new Cleveland in uh, sorry, Cleveland Browns team is for real. And what I mean for real, they can easily make a run. Well, I, do I think they're going to beat Kansas City next week? Uh, we'll find out. Tune into my sports podcasts and all my shows that I'm on to come find out my predictions on that. But what I'm saying is, with that, run deep, with that running offense that they have and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, this team can control the clock, and Baker Midfield does not turn the ball over. He's a top 10 quarterback in the league. Yes, I did say 10, top 10 quarterback in the league. But what I'm saying is they control the ball, don't turn the ball over, and time management, this Cleveland uh, Browns team is for real, and they can easily make an AFC championship appearance. Uh, but will I think it's going to happen? I'll give you that here in a little bit, a little teaser. But, man. So that was my recap of these NFL games. Steelers can't get out of themselves. Browns, basically this is the week of breaking streaks. The Buffalo Bills haven't won a playoff game in God knows how long, 94, 95, something like that. The uh, 
Browns haven't won a playoff game since 94, haven't been in the playoffs since 03, and they both win. So kudos to both those franchises. It's been a long time coming. Y'all finally won a playoff game. You get the monkey off your bat, and now it's time to rock and roll and see what you do in the later playoffs because it's starting to get dicey, and the hits are going to get even harder and harder. So so let's jump to a little preview of this uh, divisional round, shall we? Because this is where the best of the best come. This is the best. So we're going to start today with the Packers and the Rams. Packers, yes, they're 13-3. and three. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is probably the MVP. But is he the bad man that he used to be? No. Devontae Adams is a beast of our receiver. He makes Aaron Rodgers great, what Aaron Rodgers can do. Devontae Adams can take on a double team. He can play in the slot. He can do anything. If you double team, he's still open 10 yards. This guy's route running is remarkable. This guy's route running is also one of the best I've ever seen in history of the NFL. Now, this is the fun matchup that I can't wait to get into. It's Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. Jalen Ramsey is back. He's a smack talker. He gets in your head. Well, can he get in Devontae Adams' head? That's going to be the key. Can he contain Devontae Adams? Well, they don't have to bring extra help to Devontae Adams. Well, they can help stop Aaron Jones and company in the run game. And and with Aaron Donald and that pass rush for the Rams, oh, my God. Aaron Rodgers could have a long day. Because one thing, I'm telling you, one team, or one thing that the Green Bay Packers cannot do is pop you in the mouth. Everyone's talking about when they beat Tennessee, they popped them out. No, they didn't. Tennessee is... Tennessee was not the Tennessee of last year. Let's just get that out of the way. But I guarantee if you pop them in the mouth, they will not respond. This Green Bay Packers team cannot stop their run. Yes, their secondary is all right. But that Green Bay Packers run, that's going to be the key. Can Akers for the Rams, the running back for the Rams, carry this Rams offense because Jared Goff has a broken thumb. We don't know about Wolfel. We don't know about anything about the quarterback situation right now. So that's going to be a key factor in this. But that Rams defense is going to contain this Packers offense. I'm telling I don't care. There's no Lambeau physique this year. This Rams defense is legit. And what wins in playoff in cold weather is defense. Defense and running the football. You can throw the football around all you want to, but you still got to run the football to win in close matchup games like this. So that's going to be a key aspect in this game is Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. If De- Jalen Ramsey can contain Devontae Adams one-on-one through the whole game and doesn't need that secondary help, it could be a long day for Aaron Rodgers' offense and company. So, with that being said, yes, I'm doing it. I am picking the Rams in a three-point upset this week. 24-21 Los Angeles Rams. That's for my boy Gio because he's a Los Angeles Rams player. But I'm just telling you, Rams defense is legit. They're very, very, very good. And I'm telling you, that's going to make Aaron Rodgers' day a living hell. Now, the Green Bay Packers might come out starting strong, but then they'll fade, and I think that's when the Aaron Donald and that pass rush is going to get to um, Aaron Rodgers and company. So that's my prediction for game one. Game two, Browns and Kansas City. Kansas City can beat you in many ways. Yes, they haven't looked that great, but I think they're actually bored. They can beat you. They've won all these close games. That's a good thing in the NFL. Just win, baby, as Al Davis used to say, the uh, former owner of the – uh, now Las Vegas Raiders just win and that's what they're doing they can win in a blowout they can win in low scoring they can win mediocre. they can win any way you want to the only thing that scares me is this defense for the Kansas City Chiefs can they make enough plays on the defensive side to 
hold off that running attack for the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, if they continue to run, uh, continue to run the football like the way they're doing, and the Kansas City Chiefs can't stop it, it could be a long, it could be a high-scoring game, just like it was in Pittsburgh. But if the Kansas City Chiefs don't turn the ball over and Patrick Mahomes goes back to his playoff form and the bad man that he is, I see no problem with the Kansas City Chiefs right now beating the Cleveland Browns. But I tell you what, this Cleveland—it's going to be fun to watch this Cleveland Browns team. It's they're they're here for the making. They have a, again their head coach back after he tested positive for COVID. Everything's starting to come aligned. They're going to practice this week. It's going to be a fun, interesting game. I just have the Chiefs winning by ten points, but it could be a lot closer than that if the Chiefs defense does not show up. So look for that matchup as well: the Kansas City defense versus the Cleveland Browns running attack, because that's going to be the key factor in all of this. And if Kansas City can force turnovers or not, that's going to be another key. Now let's get to the um, Bills and the Ravens. Bills can score, man. The acquisition of Diggs from the uh, Minnesota Vikings was a great move by the Bills' um, ownership. It gave Josh Allen someone over the top, gave Cole Beasley in the slot. You have a running attack in Singletary, even though he hasn't been the Singletary of last year, but you can still run the ball and still make some move. And then you got Moss at running back as well. As long as he's healthy, I hope Moss can come back and play this week. But will that Bills defense has not shown up all year, and we've seen that. Can they show up in this pivotal game at home with Bills Mafia and circle the wagons and contain Lamar Jackson in the run game? That's the only way the Ravens are going to beat you is in the run game. Can they contain him? Can they stop him? That's going to be the key. Remember that. The key to this game is stopping Lamar Jackson's running. It's not just throwing. Remember, Lamar Jackson's up the quarterback, but you would think he's a running back because of the way they run their offense. Can they stop that read option? Can they re- stop stop Andrew, him and Andrews hooking up 20 times a game? Well, that's going to be a key. But I just think that Josh Allen and company is playing way, 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 way too good right now. That offense can beat you in many different ways, running the football, throwing the ball. Having Josh Allen run, it, this Bills offense is for real, and I think that they're going to win this game. But once again, is Josh Allen's head too big for the moment? Is he going to squander the opportunity? Can he be the Jim Kelly of the 90s and bring this team to a Super Bowl? We're going to find out in a couple of weeks, but I think that they will hold on this week against the um, Baltimore Ravens. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think – that it's going to come down to a Bills field goal at the end, and I think it's actually going to go in this time instead of Shank right. And I think that the Bills are going to win this game 27-24. Now, the game, the Hall of Fame game, the old man game, whatever you want to call it, Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Yes, the Saints have beat the Buccaneers twice already, both by blowouts, mind you. But the first game... This is the first Tom Brady's first game as a uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer. They weren't clicking like they were right now. They weren't on the same page. Now you're starting to see that. The second game, Antonio Brown was inserted to the lineup. I think it was his first game. I think that they're trying to give him the ball too much, and I think that they're trying to influence him. I don't think they showed all their cards. Now, now that the Buccaneers are clicking, and now that the Buccaneers have all their weapons – can Tom Brady go in New Orleans and take this team to an NFC Championship? Yes, they can, because I have all the faith in Tom Brady. This, I think the defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are stepping up. I think they're going to create turnovers. 
If they, they're going to contain Alvin Kamara, they're going to contain Michael Thomas, and then Drew Brees cannot beat you at the top. The X Factor is going to be Taysom Hill. Can they, that package, whenever he comes in, you run it, you don't know what you're going to do. You can't stack the box because he can throw it, beat you over the top in a deep route like we saw last week. But Harris for the New Orleans Saints is going to be the key factor in this. If Harris has the game like he did last week, if Harris catches the ball for 10, 12 times Sunday and has 100 and some yards plus a couple of touchdowns, then the Saints are going to win this game. That's going to be your key factor right there. But I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is going to come alive. I think they're going to first force turnovers. Remember, there's not many fans in New Orleans, so it doesn't have the mystique factor like it used to have. But I'm just saying it's hard to beat the Saints in New Orleans. But it's hard, also hard to beat a team three times in one season. It's only been done a couple times. Can the Saints get it done? And remember, the Saints are always known for losing weird games in weird ways. So, But, yes, I'm actually picking the Buccaneers to go on the road and go to the NFC Championship and face the Los Angeles. And actually, they're going to host the NFC Championship game. Five versus six, and no one saw that coming. That's my prediction. Tom Brady's versus Jared Goff rematch of the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and Tom. And there we go. I'll give you my predictions after the games because I might be wrong, but I doubt I am because I, I am the NFL Messiah, as you may say. I know this guy named Rudy Campos is probably gonna get mad at me for saying that, but I've actually got more games right last week than he did. So just saying, I'm sorry, Rudy. I love you, but oh, by the way, if you want to. Here are our predictions. Go on Sweep the League podcast or wherever you find Sweep the League Facebook. Uh, whatever the case may be, my predictions are right there. You can see for yourself. I went 4-2. For some reason, I picked the Tennessee Titans and the Bears to win. I guess I was trying to be spontaneous, but it didn't work out for me very well. But So that is my NFL, my NFL wrap-up. Now, let's get back to where everyone's talking about. Big Ten versus SEC. Crimson Tide! Versus the Buckeyes. Everyone's saying that the Buckeyes shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. Everyone's saying that they're not top four team in the playoffs. But I'm here to tell you, my friends, they look like the best team last week against Clemson now, didn't they? I was right about that. You can check out my show on Jock Talk on All Sports All Play Network to find that one out. But let's get to this game, shall we? Justin Fields versus Mac Jones and the Heisman Trophy winner. Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is a stud wide receiver. Remember, Devontae Smith wasn't even supposed to be the number one wide receiver for Alabama. It was supposed to be Waddle. Waddle got hurt for the rest of the year. Waddle was not there. Why do you say that? Because Devontae Smith emerged. Devontae Smith is a grown-ass man. Devontae Smith, my boys, is the Heisman Trophy winner. First wide receiver to win it since Desmond Howard back in Michigan. Sorry, I'm talking all weird, but... You know. Anyway, this game is going to be exciting. Justin Fields and offense is elite. That they can uh, Trey Sermon and company running the football with Justin Fields. That's tough to stop. And if you contain that, then you have Justin Fields throwing the football to Olive and others in the wide receiver. This team can score 50 points on you in a hurry if you don't watch out. Now this Alabama defense is still good, but they're not the Alabama defense of the past. Mind you, this Alabama's defense is not as good as everyone thinks it is. Ole Miss, not Ole Miss, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss team scored almost 50 points against his Alabama team. Florida Gators, we all saw what the Florida Gators did in the Cotton Bowl against the Oklahoma Sooners. 
Yeah, that team scored almost 50 points against Alabama. Nick Saban has always had trouble with a mobilized quarterback. Now, the key here is, the key, the key, the key here is Justin Fields' injury from last week from against Clemson. Remember, he got knocked out pretty hard against Clemson, and I don't know what was wrong. He, he was grimacing. He was doing everything, but he stayed in that game, and I give you kudos, Justin Fields, for that. Uh, now, will they have the same fire as he's better because of the national championship? But... This offense is every bit as good, not even better than Alabama's offense. I'll give you that. The key is, is Ohio State's defense going to show up? We, they showed up against Clemson. They stopped Clemson pretty much. They only gave Clemson 20 points. They were averaging over 30 points a game. Only got 28. It's Ohio State defense. If it's Ohio State defense, creates some turnovers, creates mismatches, creates the opportunity for Justin Fields and company to get great field position then you can see Ohio State pulling a victory in this one very, 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 very easily. That was a lot of varies, wasn't it? But anyway, getting back to my podcast. This is going to be a good game. It's going to be high scoring. Uh, it's going to be in the 40s. I think both teams. I hope it's not a blowout because both these teams deserve to be here. And they, both these teams are one of the best teams I've ever seen in the in NCAA. Uh, Alabama has Devontae Smith, heck of a receiver, Heck, heck of a receiver. He basically, you can double team him and he'll still get wide open. He can beat you over the top. He can beat you any, he can beat you many fashions ways to beat, uh, win this game. And that's why he's a Heisman Trophy winner. But can the, you, if you're Ohio State, you got to pick which one you want to win with. Uh, you can contain Najee Harris or do you want Devontae Smith and Mac Jones to beat you or throwing the football all night long? And that's going to be your decision to make because I don't see him containing both those players tonight. Uh, but I will say that they have a great chance if they stop Smith, then I think they can contain Najee Harris just enough to stop the run game and have Justin Fields and company take uh, have enough couple stops and Justin Fields in that offense can easily come back and win uh, win uh, win this game. So saying all that, I still think I, I think it's going to be a great game. I think that both offenses are pretty much even. It's going to come down to the defense who creates the most turnovers. Who can force the other team to punt? That's going to be the key. And I think Ohio State is going to do that. I think Ohio State is better than that. And I think that Ohio State, for some odd reason, it reminds me of the first college football championship, Ohio State versus Alabama, and with Ezekiel Elliott running the ball all over the field for 233 yards rushing. I think Trey Sermon and company are going to do it again. I think they're going to pound in the rock. I think they're going to pick and poison Oleve as a heck of a receiver for Ohio State. Not as good as um, the other opponent on the Alabama side, but he's still a lead and he's easily a first-round draft pick. So I think Ohio State's going to come in force. I think that they're going to have a great game plan, and I think they're going to win this game 49-44. 49-44. Ohio State Buckeyes will be your national champions this coming season. So since we got out of the football away, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the basketball NBA season has started upon us. And what I mean by that is there's no good team this year. It's wide open. Lakers don't look dominant. They can't defend anybody. Uh, LeBron James always takes the first couple weeks off, the first, first part of the NBA season off to rest his body and get the feel for the team. And then after the All-Star breaks, when he starts putting the playoff gear and everything like that. Uh, the Clippers blow a 50-point uh, lead. They lost by 50 points to the Dallas Mavericks. 
They also gave up a 21-point lead to a Steph Curry without Klay Thompson, Golden State Warriors team. And then they also barely beat a bad Chicago Bulls team. So the Clippers, yeah, they're seven, whatever the record. They only lost four games this year. But they're not the dominating team. And Kawhi Leonard does not look happy. Kawhi Leonard looks like he wants out of L.A. Like, look, look, looks like he made the wrong decision, which I couldn't tell you that. You could easily go and play with LeBron James and Anthony Davis for what you're playing. Paul George has not shown anything. He's always minus Paul George, and he's negative PG-13, whatever the case you want to call him in the playoffs. He's a choker. Yeah, he can have a great regular season, but in the playoffs, he's an X-fact. He's not there. He's not an existent by every stretch of the imagination. So... There's no real dominant team, but I'll tell you what, the Phoenix Suns, the acquisition of Chris Paul, has his team first place in the Western Conference. Yes, it's only 10 games. Yes, that's a call of horses, right? But the Phoenix Suns missed, went into the bubble last year, went undefeated, didn't make the playing tournament because of Kanateka. Well, I don't know why they didn't get to. That's a whole case scenario that I'm going to get into later on in the season. But I just... This Phoenix Suns team looks like the best team. They're rocking and rolling. They have three-point shooters. They have inside presence. They have everything there is. Now we go to the Eastern Conference side. I had the Brooklyn Nets. And then Kyrie Irving does something stupid. I don't even know. He's MIA. He's disengaged from the world. No one knows where he's at. That's why I didn't want Kevin Durant going to the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant coming off an Achilles injury. Looks phenomenal. Looks really good. Can get any of the shot that he wants to. Yes, he's out right now for COVID reasons, but he'll be back and he'll be the best player in the NBA as we see right now. Milwaukee Bucks, they have no bench death whatsoever. The Milwaukee Bucks don't have it. Besides their starting five, they, they don't have any... Bench death, and you've seen that kind of portray itself through the season right now. The Heat, I guess the Heat were just a bubble team. The Heat just got hot at the right time, and they're non-existent right now. Jimmy Butler and company, I don't know what they're doing, but Duncan Robinson, one of the best three-point shooters in the game, they're just not there right now in any way, straight uh, fashion right now either. So, why am I telling you all this? I don't know, but my prediction is going to be the Lakers and the Nets. If Kyrie Irving comes back to play, that would be the match that the NBA wants. You have everything you need. You have superstar power. You have high-scoring offenses. You have some defense when the key positions um, and later in the fourth quarter when it comes down to game uh, crunch time. So saying all that, uh, that's my an NBA prediction is the Nets versus the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to win it, which I don't like because I am a Laker fan. I am a Laker fan, but I also don't like LeBron James all that much either. So that's my two cents right now. But I will tell you my sleeper. My sleeper is going to be the Golden State Warriors. And, man, I love me some Steph Curry. You can, can you, He'll have one bad game, and then he'll come back and kill you the next night. He, had a, he only scored 13 points against the Los Angeles Clippers, came back against the Los Angeles Clippers the other night, dropped 30-something points, and came back from a 21-point deficit and win the game. Now, Golden State has not won a game if Steph Curry scores less than 30 points. Steph Curry only had 11 points last night, and they still won the game. This, this is a young, exciting team. Now, would you look and, look and try to see, uh, see if there's a trade market for 
uh, green. I would because green's not giving you anything right now. He's kind of injury prone. He's getting older in age. Uh, the way he plays defense is taking its toll on him right now. Uh, no Clay Thompson this year. So see what you can get for Draymond Green, man. Draymond Green. Because Wiggins can play a ball on a defensive end. He's a great defender, but he's wildly inaccurate at three. And then a, a Brewer, a Brew whatever they say his name, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't pronounce it. He can't hit a three-pointer to save his life. But he gives you that spark and energy when he goes into the paint and starts dunking on people and makes spectacular highlight reels. So saying all that, if they get their defense rocking and rolling and then they can get another shooter here and there, then look for the Golden State Warriors to make a playoff push this season. But that's my NBA topics. And I want to leave you today with one thing that it's kind of dear to my heart and it's kind of fun to one that kind of brought a tear to my eye. The um, Texas Longhorns uh, basketball team, number four in the nation, number four, uh, went to West Virginia. Two years ago, a player named Jones told the team that he was diagnosed with uh, a cancer. Two years ago to the day, I think, or two years ago, they go back to West Virginia. Jones hits a game-winning three-point shot to win the game. And you just see all the teammates, the coaching staff celebrate. That's why we love sports, right? Because you never know what's going to happen. It's just fun seeing things come to fruition and go around and come back to where it should be. Congratulations to the Texas Longhorns in that key moment. That was an spectacular moment for uh, him as a person and for everything he has came through. So God bless you, my friend, and I hope you keep up the great rest of the season. But I hope you enjoyed my show. This is the JC3 show. Remember, great football night action tonight, Monday night. Get uh, take, take, Tell your kids to go to bed early if they're young. Get your supper ready. Get your potato chips ready. Get whatever you need out ready right now because it's going to be an exciting game. And then we got spectacular NBA basketball action all week. And then NFL divisional round playoffs is going to be fun to watch. So stay tuned. Sports are heating up. Sports are back. COVID ain't going to stop us. We're here to rock and roll. Until next time, until next week, guys, this is Trey signing off with the JC3 Show. Peace.